Welcome to Sounding Off with Kim Munson. Be sure and check out my website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. That way you get the first look at all of our upcoming guests, as well as our most recent podcasts and our most recent op-eds. I'm thrilled to have in studio with me, Phil Covarrubias. It's great to have you here. Welcome. Thank you. Now, you are running for Adams County Commissioner. You're a candidate for Adams County Commissioner. And uh, we have a lot of things that we want to talk about. First of all, tell me a little bit about you, Phil Covarrubias. <laughs> Thank <laughs> I'm, you. I've been practicing. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, uh, I'm born and raised uh, right here in Colorado. My family's originally from Rocky Ford, the Mellons. And uh, I grew up in Arvada, graduated from Arvada High School in 86, and served in the Marine Corps as a combat engineer and marksmanship instructor from 86 to 90. Uh, my father started an excavation business in 1980, so I've been working my whole life, and uh, he just celebrated 40 years in business in Adams County and in Colorado, which is uh, quite a, a feat. It is. Uh, I see how hard it is to uh, to start with nothing and to build a company and to and to be a part of the community along with that as you start finding success. And it really is the American dream. Hard work. You can actually create wealth for oneself, no matter where you come from. Actually, my grandmother grew up on the, well, she was born on the plains of western Kansas in a two-room sod house with a dirt floor. And it is just amazing. I always say it's, there's so many different things. The American idea, affordable, reliable, and efficient energy, just all the opportunities that we have. And with hard work, anything is possible. Well, that's that's. The reason why I fight so hard for us as Americans, because um, I, I know our country is not perfect, but it is the country that you have opportunity in, and you could be uh, come from nothing and create something, and that's the hope that everybody uh, who comes here has. And uh, being in the construction industry my whole life, I, I worked for Xcel Energy for nine years as a lead foreman, so I understand the energy sector very well um, from the ground up. And um, I just want to keep that American dream alive for the future generations. You mentioned that you uh, are a Marine. And I have learned, I have another show, America's Veteran Stories, and I've, I've learned that once a Marine, always a Marine. And the discipline that you learn in the Marine Corps is things that, from what I've seen, you take on through, through life. Talk a little bit about your experience being a Marine. Uh, well, I loved it. I loved it. I, and yes, once a Marine, always a Marine. And... Uh, uh, I served in operations all over the world, and I got a chance to see what third world nations look like. Um, and uh, when you come back to America after spending some real time overseas in different places, I was in Japan and Turkey and Honduras uh, and all over the place, you really have a whole different uh, appreciation for America and what it stands for and what our freedoms are because People in different places around the world, they do not have these kind of freedoms and they don't have the energy supply, you know, that mm -hmm. we have and the clean water and the things that, you know, that we're always working We take towards. for granted. We do. We take it for granted. The lights just automatically come on. In some countries, they shut the power off at 10 o'clock and they mm -hmm. do not turn it back on till the next day. And and uh, the way that the kids are raised and all of that, it's, it's really heartbreaking to see what's going on around the rest of the world in, in many places. Okay. Well, this is not your first foray into politics to run for uh, Adams County Commissioner. You actually spent uh, a few years down at the State House, And uh, tell me just a little bit about that. Well, I started off on the Pl Brighton Planning Commission because I, m my experience in infrastructure. So I, th I thought, well, 
maybe I can uh, be helpful there as our town was growing much bigger. And then uh, my wife and I decided to run for uh, HD 56 and very grassroots. And um, all I did was tell the truth. And the people really, they really liked that and they voted for me. And so I went, I turned in my lineman bag and all my equipment and my trucks and my crew, and I went, bought a couple of suits from Joseph A. Banks, <laughs> and went down to the state house and started learning how to do this. And the first thing I learned is you have to run five bills. Well, And I question why. It is, or it seems like those five bills, I wish people would start to roll back some of the bills that are there. You know it. Well, because some, some people will, will run 75 bills. And it's to, to me, I don't think that you can focus because you have to take each one of them to committee and sell them and you have to work the, the whole process, the House, the Senate and everything. But what I did is um, my na naivete actually was good for me because I just thought about the top five things I had heard on the campaign trail for over a year. How refreshing. And that's what I ran for the people. And what were some of those? Uh, well, Rhodes was a real big one, especially out east. Uh, you got uh, Bennett, Byers, Watkins, Strasburg, and uh, the roads are a real big issue for them out there. Um, one of the things I heard a lot about was bring shop class back to high school. I love that. So I started running bills for apprenticeship programs and for career and technical education. And then once uh, I was there and I really seen the need of the American people and our young people, me being a tradesman myself, that was the, the niche I found when I was down at the Capitol. Okay, and I visited uh, Warren Tech and Pitkins and Emily Griffith. And these schools are just absolutely amazing. And the teachers and the people that are there, but they're so packed, they don't have enough funding. They don't get any of the money that the two big schools in Colorado get, whether it's from the state or, uh, or from private donors. So I really worked hard to get them more money for the funding they needed. Everything from co cosmetology and culinary to auto and HVAC and this huge variety all under one roof, I just thought was truly amazing. And so um, that was the, the big push that I really worked on down there. So how do we get young people opportunity to make something of themselves who don't necessarily want to go to a four-year college? And, and then you, what you find out is that 50% of the kids or whatever that number is, it's a high number, they go two years, they get 50 grand in debt, they drop out, and then they move back home. Now they have no skills, no apprenticeship. And, and debt. And debt. So I, I really worked hard. And also for young adults who have some school, how do they come back and finish? You know, maybe they're 28, 29, they have a couple of kids, they're married now, but still, how do we make it a little easier for these people to, to finish off the degrees they started working okay. on? Well, Phil Covarrubias, one of the things that I found so interesting during this uh, COVID-19 Wuhan virus reaction disruption is just who was essential. We had a plumbing problem during that time, and we have a, a great plumber, great relationship with him. He's, he was super busy through all of this because he had the skills that people needed. And uh, I think you've really hit on something that's near and dear to my heart because I come from people that have made their living with their hands. And uh, I, I think in a way that's kind of gotten a bad rap in education and we need to get back to that. So here, you know, here can be an entrepreneur and, and start a plumbing business or an electrical contracting business or, you know, a welders can, you can, you can get a, a job where you are create your own business, where you can create wealth for yourself and you don't start off in the hole with $50,000, $60,000 worth of debt. I think people are, are starting to revisit that. So the fact that you were 
recognizing that here back in what 2018, 2019, uh, that that's really remarkable. Well, the the fact of the matter is, is a lineman can make one hundred fifty thousand a year. Really, uh, gas pipe fitter, one hundred thirty thousand. Uh, a foreman, you know, I I was a lead foreman and I made, you know, hundred thousand a year plus the benefit package, sure. which is almost another thirty. And what I love about the apprenticeship programs is that when you go in, you don't know anything, but they're paying you eighteen to twenty bucks an hour to start. And as you work through your uh, apprenticeship, every six months you'll you'll take a test and you get a raise. And then six months you take a test and you get a raise. And by the time you do your four year apprenticeship. Uh, and you break out as a journeyman, now you're making top dollar, 50, 60 bucks an hour, plus the overtime and all the things. Because when there's storms or whatever. They need them. Yeah, yeah. There's, we are on call all the time. The wintertime's coming. We, we pressure up the gas lines, and then you find leaks. You have to go around the city and go fix them. Mm-hmm. And that sort of a thing. And make sure that the electricity is on for people and all of that. So um, to be able to make money while you're learning that's amazing. That's way better than spending a ton of money and not learning a whole lot, except maybe how to be an activist. <laughs> True that. True that. Often. What was the reception down at the state house from your colleagues? It seems to me like everybody would get on board with this. Was that the case? Well, part of the problem was is that I was an IBEW 111 uh, member while I was at Excel Energy. But I'm a Republican and a conservative, which a lot of so the, you're a union, you belong to the union and a Republican. Okay, yes, that, that was a rub. That that was a bit of a of a rub because I know a lot of the rank and file union members. They are conservative and they're very proud of their craft and their flag and mm-hmm. all of that. But um, I also had uh, some people wanting me to sign off on the right to work, and and I understand why. It's mm-hmm. not that I don't. But what I I wasn't going to turn my back on my brothers and sisters that I had just spent the last ten years without the field working these fine Americans that contribute and and keep the money local and that sort of a thing and I know that the training uh, and our apprenticeship programs are are phenomenal mm-hmm. and so you know there's good and bads in everything mm-hmm. whether it's union or non-union or mm-hmm. corporate or not you can always find that but uh, uh, what they do in the energy business to keep us rolling is just amazing and so. There was a bit of a rub, but uh, after I held my ground and then after they got over it, then it was fine. And now I'm thinking, well, maybe we'll get a lot of that vote from a lot of the people I've worked with at Sturgeon and Excel and United Power mm-hmm. over all these years. Hey, guys, you know I didn't turn my back on you, mm-hmm. and even though I took the arrows mm-hmm. for it, because mm-hmm. I did take mm-hmm. some. You know, and unions, certainly, I think that there is a, a place for those. I really am not in favor of public sector unions at, at all. Uh, I, I'm really more of a right-to-work girl, um, but I appreciate your, your comments on that. And, um, you know, that's probably another conversation at some point in time, but I sure. appreciate your, your candor on that, uh, Phil Covarrubias. Let's jump over here to Adams County. Uh, my understanding is, uh, I think a listener reached out to me recently and said that there were some secret meetings that were going on up in Adams County, the North Metro area, with uh, elected representatives. I'm no longer calling them officials. They're elected representatives and uh, other politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties. And uh, that was something that really concerned you. In fact, I think you posted something about that, and the listener uh, sent that to me, and that's what got this whole thing on my radar. So tell us about that. Funny thing was, uh, 
So I just happened to look on Facebook, and I seen that uh, Mayor Huseman of Commerce City was live streaming. And I said, oh, gosh, I didn't even know about this meeting. Let me chime in on this. And they were just getting started. And uh, I remember somebody saying, oh, by the way, they're live streaming this. And it was all the county commissioners, all the mayors, uh, uh, city officials, and all of that. And they were talking about the, the corona cases and what may be coming down with more lockdowns and shutdowns and all of that. Well, the problem I have is that there's nobody, I won't say nobody, there were several mayors that pushed back. Mayor of Brighton, Greg Mills, he pushed back and said, hey, wait a minute, Mayor Hessman and uh, Jan Coleman and a few said, well, how come we're not talking about hospitalizations and death rates? Why are we only talking about what the CMG Corona Modeling Group, which is handpicked by the governor, why are we only talking about what they want? And because Adams County, every elected position in Adams County from the county coroner to the treasurer and the surveyor and all five county commissioners, they're all Democrats. So there's no balance of power there, and there's only uh, – you know, a few people there to, to push back and say, no, we're not going to shut down because there's five people in the hospital. Because that's all we have in Brighton. We have 50,000 people in Brighton where I live. There's five people right now in the hospital for COVID. And God bless them and, and anybody suffering from this for sure. But on the other end of it, we've, we were supposed to do this curve and flatten the curve. And we keep, did. <laughs> and keep the ventilators, you know, plenty of ventilators and, and all of that. And, uh, at this point, in my opinion, it's just flat-out tyranny. And I think a lot of it has to do with keeping the, you know, with the presidential election coming up. If you open up the economy and the numbers get really good and people get thriving again, then our president's more than likely going to get reelected. So I think there's a lot more going on here than the, what just the numbers are. And the more you test, obviously, the more you're going to have. You are. And uh, I talked to Dr. Jill Vecchio about this. And she said that when people say, uh, you know, uh, I tested positive for COVID or somebody tested positive for COVID, first question is, is was it a viral test? Or first question is, is are you sick? And then secondly, was it a viral test, which is the nose test, or was it an antibody test, which is the blood test? But there's a big difference between testing positive and being sick. But I, I, I'm like, I'm with you, Phil. It seems curious this narrative that's going on. And the fact that this meeting that you're talking about was not posted. And in Colorado, we have sunshine laws where anytime elected officials get together, more than two of them to talk about official business, that meeting is supposed to be posted, I think, at least 24 hours, right? 24 hours ahead of time. And we are all, as citizens, supposed to have the opportunity to chime in on this. Uh, I think part of the problem is, is that people are. And people are sick and tired of being masked up. They're tired of not being able to go to work. A lot of people are starting to lose their homes. They've, a lot of these companies that helped people along the way and said, look, you don't have to make a payment for a few months with your car, your home, or whatever, and the banks and everybody trying. Well, they're starting to call in their debt now. We're going into fall. Eight months. Eight it's been months. Eight, it's been eight months. And so people are losing their businesses. We're, Colorado's on life support right now. And in what I see is the Democrats want to pull the plug on all of our small businesses, which will only keep the big corporate businesses open that have deep pockets. And I'm not okay with that because small business, if small business is what keeps us going. And many of them do not have the money to survive. You know, they're already on week to week or month to month to survive another lockdown. And uh, when you look at other countries around the world, 
the ones that opened up did very well, and the ones that are just continuing on lockdown, their cases have skyrocketed. So um, I think it's time for us to take a real serious look at what viruses. You can't escape a virus. They're all over the place, no matter what you There's do. There's thousands of them. The masks are not... The, the CDC shows clearly. Just recently reported that. Yeah, they're not very effective. And they say, well, what about why do surgeons wear them? Well, surgeons do wear a mask, but it's for droplets and for big things. And they don't go put that mask on their dashboard in their car, come back to work the <laughs> next day, point. grab the same mask, put it back on and go do another Good surgery. point. I hadn't thought of that. That's an excellent point, How many Phil? of us are doing that? You know, it's sitting there in the change drawer, and you're like, oh, God, i got to go to 7-Eleven. So you grab your mask and put it on, and it doesn't even smell very good. I, I thought I'd heard all the mask stories. That's a new one for me, Phil. That is really interesting. Okay, let's talk about these local races. I served on city council for four years, and I realized these local races – are so important because they make big decisions. And I, it, the, you said there were three mayors that pushed back on this narrative. And it, it was so interesting. Before the listener reached out with your post, um, my researcher, Patty, had uh, pulled from one of the, I think it was one of the news stations here in uh, Denver, in the metro area, that Tri-County was, like, concerned that there might be an increase in COVID cases. And it's kind of like they, they put it out there. And then the next thing I know is you're having this, this secret meeting. And, and most people are not pushing back. They're just taking all this as gospel. In fact, I think you said that one of the county commissioners, and that was a really, go ahead and tell me what you, what you heard on that. Well, uh, Eva Henry, who's one of the Adams County commissioners, as people were trying to talk and maybe discuss through this, she basically got on there and said, look, if we don't get our numbers down, we are going to shut you down. Don't ask us questions about hospitalizations. Don't ask us questions about deaths. That's not what this is about. And, and then the other mayors were like, yes, it is. This is exactly what this is about. But uh, they are on a terror to shut everything down. And I find it odd that the very people that are ready to shut everybody else down, their paychecks keep coming. It's so like, so it's easier for them. Or maybe they're a little older and they're in retirement stage, so they have their money that they've made throughout their life. But what about the, the 20 to 40 group right. that, are, that are, you know, you're still really working to build up to that point? And uh, – I have to think that if maybe they took all their salaries away until we opened back up, maybe they would think a little they bit differently different about choice. shutting down everybody. It's ridiculous. Well, and to your point, I think you kind of hit on this, Phil, and that is is that the numbers are going to go up because we're doing more and more testing. So it's a narrative that doesn't match up. They say we have to get our numbers down. We're doing more testing, which in getting more of a herd immunity. I mean, it's an impossible uh, metric to hit, but they're using it to shut people down. And the other thing that you mentioned was that it's the small business. It's that middle class that has been getting squeezed with that. And the middle class is inherent to the American idea that people like your father can create a business and, uh, you know, have a great middle class uh, lifestyle. And in, in socialism, there's the haves and the have nots. There's really no middle class. And uh, that's why I think that these, this race is a really important one. So how is that looking for you, Phil? Well, our race is absolutely phenomenal right now. Um, 
our social media is just taking off like crazy. People are really getting interested. I have a lot. I've been campaigning for 15 months. I started this a long time ago. Okay. And uh, and now that we're getting closer to the end, we are really doing well. We are endorsed by the Fraternal Order of Police, through North Glen, Westminster, the uh, Hispanic Contractors of Colorado, the Builders Association, Realtors. Wow. I mean, everybody's endorsing us. They're coming up because they want to open up. People see through this. And uh, they're ready to open up. They're ready to get, get this economy going. Gas and oil, of course, you know, I understand how that works very well. And uh, one of the things, a year ago when Adams County, all five Democrat Adams County commissioners put a moratorium on gas and oil. On I drilling. remember that. We, we had a huge problem with that. I went down and fought with them. Well, drilling is down 60%. So the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars that are just for schools and roads... Just from gas and oil, it's it's hundreds of millions of dollars. That's also down 60%. So now what they want to do is say, well, we may have to increase your taxes. Well, yeah, because you have everything shut down. You're used to spending the money, but you want to shut down the very faucet that gave you the money in the first place. And, um, you know, I, these people don't ever go out to the rigs. They don't talk to the welders and the fitters, and they don't see how wonderful these people are doing these drilling jobs and how clean the areas are and how, I mean, they go through federal regulations, state regulations, and then they add their own on top so that when the inspectors come out, they don't give them a hard time. Uh-huh. And so they do an amazing job. And I just think that uh, uh, raising people's taxes because you shut down gas and oil so that we can keep spending that same amount of budget money every year is an oxymoron to it, me. It, it really, it really is. We need people to be elected to office that are looking out for everyday people. Uh, that's really, you know, government is supposed to be out of the way of everyday people. There's things that we want safe communities. You mentioned that the uh, Fraternal Order of Police has endorsed you. People want safe communities. And you can't really, you know, have a thriving, prosperous life if your communities aren't safe. So that is really important as well. Uh, Phil, we've hit on a lot of things. What have I missed that we need to talk about? Well, I, I'll talk a little bit about safe communities. My, my sons are old enough to drive, and I have to tell them to stay out of Denver. I mean, when I was at the Capitol, I was proud to bring my family. I have family from Michigan and Texas and all over Colorado. Hey, come see the Capitol. Look at where I work. This is so cool. Beautiful place. Within the, you know, the last eight months, what we have seen with the BLM, with the Antifa, with the ter- I mean, these, these people are terrorizing uh, people just for trying to have a, a dinner mm-hmm. outside. And you see gun sales go up because people are, are really scared. They're starting to get up to the suburbs and everything. And um, if we don't get a handle on this, you're right. It, there's, there's all out anarchy out there aimed at people who are just trying to live their lives. And I don't think government needs to be in the way of people just trying to live their lives, but the, we darn sure better back our, our men and women in blue who are trying to keep us safe so that we can go to the park. Most definitely. Um, what's your final thought, Phil? Uh, and I, I let me just mention, I am recommending that people adopt a candidate through this election cycle. Help them. It could be just donating to them or walking or calling or writing thank you notes. But we can't sit this one out. And we need to start to, to take back local government for everyday hardworking people instead of these, uh, these people that are getting in there with special interests. Uh, so what is the final thought that you'd like to leave with our, our listeners on this podcast, Phil? Well, when, when 
our government was designed in the first place. It was designed so that we served during the winter time, so that people could go back and and tend their crops and their businesses when the weather got better. Mm-hmm. Everyday people would come and serve, and then they'd go back to their business. Um, we've got to stop with the corruption. We've got to be able to call it out. We need to be strong enough to call out all the corruption that's going on in in, in Adams County, around Colorado, and in the country, in fact. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just want to be honest and serve with honor. That's my main deal is to serve with honor for the American people because ultimately I want my wife and my two kids to say, my dad served with honor, you know, and whether that's two years or that's 20 years or whatever that looks like. My main focus is to do this job and be honest with the American people because I don't have anything to hide. And so for me, I can come out and be honest and be willing to take them head on. Phil Covarrubias, uh, we need more people like you. And uh, to serve with honor, that is really the, the essence of Ameri- the American idea, and that is servant leadership and uh, serve and then Go back and go yep. back to work. Go back to work. So people can get f- more information about you at phil4adco.com. That's phil, F-O-R-A-D-C-O.com. Phil, this has been just really, it's been great to get to meet you in person. Thank you. And I, I think you're a true American hero. Well, I appreciate that. And we do need the help. I mean, all of this stuff is expensive. One ad is $350. You, you do an email thing, that's $700. You buy signs, that you know, 500 bucks. And so we need the help to finish these last 19 days. Uh, philforadco.com, go to donate, hit the donate button. And, you know, any, any little bit helps. By the time you put it all together, that buys a whole nother round of banners and signs or whatever it is. So thank you so much for having me on your show. This It was an honor. Appreciate it. Well, it's an honor to have you in studio. And again, that's Phil Covarrubias. He's running for Adams County Commissioner. We need to start to bring balance back to these uh, different offices. And uh, so, my friends, we're going to be signing off. Uh, God bless you, and God bless America.